80s brats, 90s kids, and early otters, it's Sam and Rachel's Generation Gap. I am Sam. And I am Rachel. And we are a real-life couple. Isn't that true? Very true. We are real-life and in a couple. And we are also (laughs) real-life comedian people. It's true. As much as that makes sense to say anymore. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that ever made sense to say. (laughs) Comedian (laughs) people? (laughs) Well... We're in unprecedented times, that's for sure. Indeed. (laughs) Well, uh, we have a very special episode for you all today. Today we are talking about two things very near and dear to our hearts. And those are things that you collect. Mm -hmm. We're talking about Beanie Babies and Cabbage Patch Kids. Pew, 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 pew. Thanks, Denise. (laughs) Denise loves those sound effects. She... Uh, used to just do research. Yeah, I know. But, but like, now we've got her on sound the effects. The pod is growing, and so are our needs and technical capabilities. Right, but mm-hmm. our staff is not growing. Well, I'm sorry. You want to give her a raise? No, I'm saying that Denise is taking on too much, too much? responsibility. All right, well, let's talk to... We'll have. We'll, we'll do this with Denise in her one-on-one. One-on-one uh, later this month at her review. Mm-hmm. 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 Rachel, did you ever have a Cabbage Patch Kid? Yes, kind of. I did. Yes. I know you're not a big toy person. This this episode, we're talking about toys. Yeah. I feel like I love toys. And you, where do you stand on it? Yeah. I mean, I think we both were like this as kids where we were performers. So as a child, I did a lot of improvising songs and, write, and writing songs and making up plays and doing performances when it came to toys I definitely had toys I had some some dolls and stuff I'm sure some stuffed animals for sure I had an older brother have an older brother Ben and rest in peace (laughs) no he's still (laughs) with us I just spoke to him on the phone like 20 minutes ago um but he had just like blocks and like boy toys and I do remember like liking his toys a lot you know Um, And we would build forts. Like, I feel like that was how I spent a lot of my childhood versus toys. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, these these two toys in particular, Cabbage Patch Kids and Beanie Babies, on the softer side of the toy scale, we're not talking about, like, fake guns or weapons of any kind or anything like that. These are kind of like the cuddly friends that you... You have as a kid. You yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah. And so before we do a uh, detail on what each of these things actually is, let's go in the dark. Oh, my God. I can't. Oh, I'm turning the lights off. Where? Where? Oh, it's, Rachel? It's in the dark. Rachel? We are in the dark, people. Rachel? Yes. Rosenthal? Yes. What do you know about Beanie Babies? I don't get it for sure. Like overall, I know that they are, I would describe them as little stuffed animals that have like beans inside almost like they're kind of like soft and small and different animals and stuff, I guess. And I, now I know that like you're supposed to collect them, but I really didn't know that like before meeting you and I do think it's probably important for the audience to know that my husband my grown husband still has some beanie babies we could talk about that more later but there are a couple in our current home so I have seen them before right Um, I know that you are familiar with what so that's what I know yeah what they are in general but I I'm very surprised you you had no idea about the collection aspect of beanie babies I don't think so well it's hard to know what i knew before meeting you for sure like i feel like my beanie babies knowledge has already grown a little bit just from knowing you and how blessed i am for that (laughs) (laughs) yeah i yeah that that's just very surprising to me so like your association with beanie babies is that they're stuffed animals like and when you collect them like you have no opinions on people that collect Beanie Babies? You have no well, predisposed... Well, I have opinions on you collecting Beanie Babies <laughs> right. in our current adult life. I don't continue to collect mm. them. Do you own a collection of them? We'll talk about this <laughs> in a little bit. All right, so that's what you know about Beanie Babies. <laughs> All right, Sam DeRost. Yes. 
What do you know about Cabbage Patch Kids? I know that there's a parody called Garbage Pail Kids. Yeah. This is what I was more familiar with. I believe they were a series of cards where Cabbage Patch Kids were mainly dolls, I believe. They have very creepy faces. (laughs) I don't like the way they look. They're like, I don't know, just like flat and soulless. (laughs) I honestly feel that way about most dolls. Yes, yeah, 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 I agree. I I mean, you're right. We're going to talk about how much life all of these toys have (laughs) over the whole episode because... To me, looking into a Cabbage Patch Kid, I feel <laughs> really scared. Looking into the eyes of a Cabbage Patch Kid. In the you eyes. You don't even know what might happen. Happen. <laughs> oh, Sam, where are you? Sam? Rachel! Sam? Rachel! It's pitch black in here. And that's been In the Dark. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rachel, are you ready to learn everything you need to learn about the craze of the late 90s Beanie Babies. I am ready. Now, Denise! Oh, God, she is going nuts with those. Come on! Those sound effects. We cannot afford that Denise, song. we are, we cannot. And also, we're not like a 1990s radio station. Right. You know? God. Beanie Babies. Yeah. Okay. It started in 1993, but it gets more popular in 95. I would say the pinnacle is 97. And right, and can we just, before you even go on, like, how old were you at the pinnacle? Right, okay. So, Sorry, we're talking about 1997, 1998, 1999. These are the golden years. These are the peak years of Beanie Babies. So, I would have been, like, six, seven, eight at that mm-hmm. time. Okay. Mm-hmm. 97, 98, 99. And I would have been... 18, 19, 20. Right, yeah. right. So I feel like maybe a different demographic. But yeah, so it started by Ty Warner. Ty, the T-Y, the Beanie Babies, or Ty sure. Beanie Babies. yeah. So it started by Ty Warner. Um, he's like a he's like the Willy Wonka of beanbag animals. He is really strange. There's not a lot that's known about him. Um, he started out like selling stuffed animals door to door. Uh, for, like, a Whoa. different company. And then he, like, went to Italy and he saw these, like, beanbag animals. And he, like, I guess he, you know, thought, like, this is what I'm going to do. And he released, like, the first line of Beanie Babies, which was, like, nine different ones. Okay. So are Beanie Babies babies? They are not. <laughs> they are not. They are animals. Beanie right. Babies are Are they animals. baby animals? I don't know. Like... Not fully grown animals. <laughs> I the thing with Beanie Babies is they are kind of a blank slate, and mm-hmm. this is what we'll get into why I loved loved them so much. Oh, there is a D on the end of that word. I no longer play Beanie Babies, which right. is something that was my favorite thing to do as a kid. Yeah, um, we'll get into that. Um, we're we're learning about Beanie Babies as a craze right. first, okay, and then it. we'll talk about first it. the craze, then the days and how we spent them. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now, um, so they started out selling Beanie Babies to like exclusive toy stores, like like higher end toy stores, not like at your Walmart or whatever. And I and this. This created a thing where those toy stores, the smaller toy stores, they don't have as much room on their shelves. Mm. So. That's why they're babies. <laughs> what? They're not fully grown because babies take up less room on the shelves. <laughs> I'm about oh, to replace no. you with Denise. Oh, no. I... Yeah, I just got like a, I'm going to divorce you face. No. Okay. All right, so I, uh, yeah, so there was limited room on the shelves, so that created more of a, like, a rarity or a demand for them, okay? Mm. Also, uh, Ty Warner started doing this thing uh, where he, uh, there was Peanut the Blue Elephant, okay? Peanut was a royal blue elephant, Uh Beanie Baby, okay? And then he changed the color. Changed the color. Now it was a baby blue elephant. Ty changed it. Yeah. Okay. In all the future- wait, it was baby blue. <laughs> yeah, they went from royal blue to baby blue. Okay. Now it's a noticeable difference. You're like, yeah, it's a different. Sure. Right. And that just made the 
old one, the Royal Blue Elephant's price skyrocketed on the secondary market. Because oh, so they were designed to be affordable. They were like beanbag material. Yeah, like right? how much were they? Like? $5. Okay. Okay. $5 for a little stuffed animal friend. It, it was a great deal. And the idea was you collected them. You loved to collect them. It, there was this whole secondary market. Yeah. It, it eventually, eventually people just started collecting them I guess like crazy. eBay probably came out around that time too, right? Are you ready to have your mind blown? Okay, what? Are you ready to have your mind blown? The Beanie Babies was like right at the beginning of the internet, yeah. right? Because we're talking about like 95, 96, 97, right? Oh, I thought you were talking about 97. Well, 97 is the peak. Nine. Okay, got it. Okay, but it, like they started selling them in 93, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like all through this time. The Beanie Babies was the first store on the internet that sold directly to consumers. Whoa. The first thing you could buy like over the internet as like a direct consumer from the business was a Beanie Baby. And their website was like beanie-baby-toys.spaceguard.com.net. I will. I have this like little video I'll show you, and I don't know how much we'll be able to use on the pod. But there is like a clip on the video of what that old website looks like, and it is Jurassic. Show me right now. Uh, we're, we'll get there. We'll get okay. there. I'm leading up to it. It's. I've, I've done a great job here. I'm really <laughs> good at this. Okay. <laughs> In 1997, okay, the sales of Beanie Babies reached over one billion dollars. Yeah. And that's 1997 money. Right. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's true. Now, they were like $5, so I don't know how many, you know, you could do the math there. It's, it's like 20000 I don't know. It's a lot of money. All right. <laughs> All right. So, uh, after 1997, 1998, 1999, the fad really starts to decline. No. Rachel's and, graduating from college. <laughs> like, you know. It's yeah, just, people just aren't as into beanie babies as they used to now that Rachel's out of college. <laughs> Um, to be fair, I didn't graduate college until a couple years later. Oh, okay. I'm not she got held out. back. <laughs> Too much Beanie Babies. Right. <laughs> also, what happens in like 1998, 1997, is there's a new fad of animal collecting. And this time they're magic and they fight each other. And it's called Pokemon. Okay, got it. Okay. And that... We're going to talk about on another episode. Oh, yeah. That's it's whole... probably going to be like a seven hour episode because I don't know literally anything and I don't want to. About no, Pokemon. I know. Yeah. No, I am saving it up. I'm going to really make you trial by fire. I'm going to make you do so much for Pokemon. You're going to hate it, um, <laughs> but it, it'll be worth it for the listeners. So anyway, as this fad starts to decline and Pokemon kind of takes over the fad scene, right? Because 90s had a lot of fads and I mean, we, we cover a lot of them here. So as Pokemon begins to, like, dominate the fad, you know, kind of hemisphere here, there's one last attempt to make Beanie Babies relevant. Okay. And Ty Warner, known for his, like, you know, shortages and, like, limited editions. Oh, wait, let me guess. He made them not royal blue, not baby blue, but turquoise. Come over here. Watch this video. Okay. So watching that video, by the way, it makes me think like, I guess I was never a big collector in general. Like I'm trying to think of like things I collected. Like people, when I was on a pyramid, uh, I was on the game show, uh, $100,000 pyramid last year. They kept asking me, the producers kept asking me like, did you collect anything? Do you collect anything? Like, cause that's supposed to be what makes me interesting. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I guess I'm not interesting cause I don't collect stamps. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, you don't collect. I actually, you, I, I really try to purge, but that's a new, that's a new thing. Try yeah. Me. Yeah. So. So in, they stopped selling them, and in doing that, the price went way up, obviously. So they tried to make Beanie Babies relevant. They said in, at the end of 1999, at the end of this millennium, there will, we will stop making Beanie Babies. We're retiring all the Beanie Babies. Talk about Y2K. And people were really upset. <laughs> people were upset. The people that had been collecting and investing in these Beanie Babies... We're just told that they were just going to stop all of a sudden because 
Why? Because Willy Wonka wanted to walk away from his chocolate factory? Like, people were really upset. So then the company said, okay, well, how about this? We'll take a vote. Okay. Should we discontinue Beanie Babies or not? Okay. So what do you think they voted for? Well, who would vote in this election <laughs> who wasn't a fan, right? Like, right, it's not exactly. like you could have like random people who are like, I got to put my vote in for no. Hey, you guys, <laughs> it's just been too much with these Beanie Babies. I think it's time that we retire them. Yeah. And I'm voting no yeah. on measure 104. <laughs> yeah. By the way, it should be said that while we're recording this, uh, it won't be released until much later, but it is like election week right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's November. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, so the people voted and their voice was heard wow. and they didn't discontinue Beanie Babies, but the damage was done. It kind of soured the relationship between the, the cult. consumer. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, how do we trust that this is going to go on? And basically, Beanie Babies really, they were already on their way out, but this desperate attempt uh, to save it really didn't help. And so shortly after that, I would say, if you're talking about the, early 2000s Beanie Babies become pretty worthless. Mm, it's kind of like the band Fish, you know? I mean, the main guy in Fish, he was retiring. You know, everyone thought this was the last show. And then, I don't know, I feel like they still play all the time. He's dead. What? No, he's not. Wait. Who? Who's Fish? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm thinking of the Grateful Dead. Jerry Jeff. Garcia? <laughs> thinking of Jerry Garcia. Wow. The guy from Fish would be honored. <laughs> so, that's kind of the story of Beanie Babies. A lot of people's association with Beanie Babies, Rachel, yeah. is their value. Trey Anastasio. Yeah, that was the Fish guy. Okay. He's alive. Babe, this is called banter. <laughs> Do you not like my banter? <laughs> not one. No. So, Beanie Babies are about... A lot of people associate Beanie Babies with their value, Right. And I think people think of Beanie Babies as like a big flop. Like people think like, oh, your Beanie Babies are worthless, right? I th a lot of people meaning non-collectors, like the other people. Right. I would say the society the, at the large. The me of the world. Right, right, The right. Rachels of the world. Yeah. That's what I was so surprised. I was like, you don't have any opinion on people collecting Beanie Babies? I was trying to think that like just one of those cultural things. Like, oh, Beanie Babies, like you imagine that somebody like lost all their money with Beanie Babies or whatever. Okay. <laughs> For me, in my personal experience, mm. now we transition to this part. Da, 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 Denise! Oh, I can't do it. God. We can't I afford these want, songs. I thought you wanted underscoring. I, told, I gave her the... Oh, you did go that? Ahead. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Denise, I didn't mean to yell. I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. It's, it's these God, work dynamics. We have to go through it, this one-on-one -on -one review. Yeah. <laughs> Beanie Babies have a, a certain value, and a lot of that's tied to if they're in mint condition. A classic collecting yeah, thing. Yeah, that is the whole thing. With, I think that's like the whole thing with collecting that I never quite understood. But yeah, that's it. It's like, buy all these like toys, and then... You remember in 40-Year-Old Virgin? Do, do you remember that movie? Yes. Like, yeah, he like has all those toys... And she wants to, like, sell them. And he's like, no! And I'm like, I don't get it. Oh, the foreshadowing you've done. Uh-oh. So, for me, I I think it's very silly to collect toys and never play with them, right? Yeah. To keep toys in mint condition is an, an oxymoron, right? So, the tags on them that are so valuable to making sure that they are in mint condition were the first things to go when I bought a Beanie Baby as a kid. You because, just like tore them off? Because they got in the way of playing with the Beanie Baby. I loved these oh Beanie Babies. Oh my god, no, babe. Does that mean that you lost us, like, thousands of dollars of our fortune? Oh, I have some very rare Beanie Babies, but they are not in mint condition. And nor is anyone really buying these things. <laughs> But yes, I would I would play with them because I loved them so much. Yeah. And um, do you care to share how many you had or have? I would say that it's fair to say at the height of it that I had probably over 150 Beanie Babies. Oh my God! Are you serious? You're a spoiled brat. I would say it's <laughs> I probably have 150 
Wow. That's so insane. Zach and I had a collection between the two of us. That My best friend Zach growing up and I, between the two of us, had over 200 Beanie Babies. Holy I, I, shit. It was, it was insane. And we'd get them all out. And we knew all of their personalities and all of their names. Mm-hmm. We had characters for all of, all of them. We're like, oh yeah, that one's the cop. Or like, that one's the firefighter. Or this is the mayor. Or this guy's always worried. And I go back to it and it's just like, we would just run scenes. Sometimes it was like a beanie election or sometimes it was like a beanie war or sometimes it was just like the various storylines like oh it's the burglars over here and the you know and i realized like that was like my first avenue into like like improvising Mm -hmm. performing and like playwriting was just like having this like extensive like simpsons large list of characters <laughs> yeah. to pull from now, to, that was something you given. guys created though right like that's not something that comes with the Beanie Babies the Beanie Babies come with one thing well t- uh, three things on their little tag they have a name mm-hmm. it's very cute and sometimes very uncreative name like a dog named Spot or a lobster named Pinchers okay mm-hmm. <laughs> it comes with a birthday and then it has a, a four line poem on the tag. Okay? Um, and so I, I actually thought, uh, Rachel, a I... A poem? A four-line poem. I thought it would be fun to look up uh, which Beanie Baby was born on your birthday. Okay. And then read its poem. Okay, thanks. It's like my Beanie Baby horoscope. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. Um, this is interesting, though, um, while you're looking that up. Um, this is something, the tags with the name and everything and the signature the name and the birth date and whatever Mm -hmm. is very in line with Cabbage Patch Kids. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, Hippie the tie-dye bunny was born on May 4th, which is your birthday. It's it's just May 4th or does it have the year? No, it's just the day. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're babies. I guess they were born this year. (laughs) Canonically every year. They're they're always always babies. Yeah, that's true. Wow, that's nice. Well, I was just talking about fish, so it makes sense that mine is a hippie. Um, So regardless, the Beanie Babies to me had a lot more sentimental value than actual value. But that's what I love about you. Yes. Like, you're not... Yeah, like, that's, that's why you're the best, you know? Like... Yeah, you're not someone who's like going to collect them and no one's allowed to touch them and then you're going to make millions with them. I mean, I would appreciate the millions, but you're like, I'm going to be creative with these. I'm going to make up stories. I'm going to love them and play with them and write characters for them. Like, that makes a lot of sense. That's who you are. And I grew up, Toy Story had come out. Like, the idea that my toys had a life and like a whole thing going on was just something that was totally easy for my mind to go to. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and between me and my best friends just like playing Beanie Babies, like we, I, I would get together with my best friend, we would get out all our Beanie Babies and we would have to be like pulled from each other four hours later. <laughs> Jesus it's Christ. like all we did. I feel like my friends and I, I don't even know. I mean, I guess it depends how old we were. I remember playing like adults and so the idea was like i thought it was really fascinating as a kid that adults kissed each other like even as just friends like when you would agree to someone and you'd say like hey it's good to see you and you kiss them on the cheek or whatever we thought that was very adult and so we would play adults (laughs) and we'd be like okay you're gonna come in and like you're outside and you're gonna ring the doorbell and i'm gonna answer the door and then i'd be like hey and then we'd like kiss on the cheek because that's what adults do and and it was probably us being like "Ooh, what is intimacy but anyway yeah that is just a little fun perverted window into your whole thing we weren't flinching you were being adults <laughs> so I remember a specific time where my family took me to like some kind of Beanie Baby Expo thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. To I I think my parents thought the idea was I was going to sell my valuable Beanie Baby Bronte the Brontosaurus. Oh really? Yeah. They thought they were gonna make a little money back because right. they've how much is 150 times five? Well, uh, you know, some of those were given to me. <laughs> okay. <you know. laughs> 
But yeah, like every time my mom went to the drugstore, I was like, oh, we gotta get a beanie baby. Oh my god. I need Crunch the shark. <laughs> I need Goldie the goldfish. I'm positive that's the name. <laughs> I'm positive that's the name. <sighs> Um, so we went to this like Beanie Baby Expo thing and like I think my parents thought I was selling a Beanie Baby and I was thinking like I'm gonna buy a Beanie Baby because yeah. it's the same. So there were like several times of like my parents trying to get me to sell these Beanie Babies. I think it's because it was like in the news that people were like selling the Beanie Babies. Again, mine weren't the most valuable ones because I ripped their tags off and loved them. <laughs> I ha- I kept some of the boring ones in good condition. My Princess Diana bear is in perfect There's condition. A Princess Diana. It's the most famous Beanie Baby. Is the Princess Diana purple bear oh my god ty warner saw a international tragedy and he made money that is insane yeah he's yeah he's a billionaire it's a very famous beanie baby of this like memorial princess diana memorial beanie baby and i kept that one uh in pristine condition because it's not that fun to play with a dead body baby (laughs) (laughs) a candle in the wind baby (laughs) (laughs) yikes i remember specifically one year for my birthday in in, at the height of my beanie baby mania i had everyone come to my birthday and instead of them giving me a gift i gave them each oh yeah you told me about that and i got them a specific one for their like personality and i gave them each a beanie baby that says again so much about who you are as a person now because i feel like you're very good at like personalized stuff yeah 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 and like I was like thinking like, man, I'm done such a good job leaving collecting behind me. And then I looked at the board game collection and I'm like, oh, this is Beanie Babies all over again. You know? Right. Well, you mean because you're collecting so many? Yeah, of them? exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I collect a bunch of board games. And so I just feel like, oh, no, look at what I've done. I'm doing it again. <laughs> oh, no. Last, lastly here, Rach, I just wanted to, to show you. My two most prized possessions. Okay, I was wondering if I was going to see any Beanie Babies today. Because I, I saw when we moved that some were still around. Yeah, I brought them to New York with me across the country, and I brought them back. These are two. Now, their um, real names are Zip and Flip. Let me describe them to the listeners. Yes. Um, one is black and one is white. They are both mice? Cats. Cats? Great. They look like mice, but probably because of the whisker situation. It almost looks like they're getting married because, like, the white one is, like, a girl one in this, like, pink and white dress. And uh, it's cute because, like, her white fur definitely is worn. You can tell that Sam has played with this toy many times. And then the black one has on, like, corduroy overalls that are tan colored with little blue um accents little blue um pockets and stuff and yeah it looks like they're getting married or something now the clothes is not canon those are just and those put those on them i put those on them (laughs) the beanie babies do not wear clothes what yeah beanie babies don't wear clothes no where did you get clothes that fit them perfectly the past when people made these oh um, my god but in in most of my be- almost none of my beanie babies wear clothes except for these two now they these these cute. two are the lovers yeah in the stories they were always the lovers the black cat and the white cat yeah so flip is the white cat zip is the black cat though Those zip i i usually called them by their beanie baby name but this was my first one. Oh. the black cat was my first one and uh, and so I named him Keepy because I was going to keep him Great. forever. Nice. That was what I said as a kid, and I still have him today. Wow. So that is I the married, heart of I married into this, guys. Yeah, the heart of a true collector. Wow, they're very cute. Thank you. Yeah, I think they're great. Also, I just want to say, Beanie Babies as a toy is great. They're all imagination, and if you step on them, they don't hurt at all. They're a great toy. They're the anti Lego. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for teaching me all about you and Beanie Babies and your relationship to Beanie Babies. I knew a little bit of that, but definitely not a lot of it. So, yeah, yeah. I'm still getting over the Princess Diana thing. (laughs) Not her death, but like the fact that there was a Beanie Baby. Rachel, I know this time has been very hard for you. (laughs) 
Rachel. Hey. Can you teach me about Cabbage Patch Kids? Uh, can I? Uh, well, for you history heads at home, you probably loved Sam's in-depth history. Uh, I'm not going to give you that because I'm not good at history. Um, but I'll give you a couple little things. Um, so for anyone who doesn't know what a Cabbage Patch Kid is, um, a Cabbage Patch Kid was a doll in the 80s. Uh, and actually, I think is still being created today uh, by some toy company. And the main deal with Cabbage Patch Kids was that you didn't buy them. You adopted them. Oh, and I, by the way, yeah, I had totally forgotten this until I was researching this today. Okay. Um, so the whole thing was like, but like who enforces that? Cause like I go to a Walmart to pick up one of these, right? Okay. And I'm like, Hey, I'm buying some soap and a cabbage patch kit. Is it the clerk's job to correct me? Okay. First of all, you're not going to Walmart. You're definitely going to Toys R Us. That's just first and foremost. Um, so I, I'm glad you asked that because I actually, so I was texting as always with my girls and asking them, you know, what was your relationship? I immediately got these pictures back of like, Brahm is like, oh, I, I still have mine. It's right here. And like sent me a picture of it, which is insane. But I guess you have two beanie babies right there. So, oh yeah, whatever. And so, okay. So basically the idea was that you're not buying a doll. You're adopting a baby. Right. And when you, um, there's a an individual. Are both of these misnamed? Beanie babies aren't babies, and Cabbage Patch Kids are, are babies. babies. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, Cabbage Patch dolls. I don't know if they were always called kids or dolls, but anyway, they would come. So this is actually interesting because it is similar in a way. They would come with a name, first and last, um, a little birth certificate, and you knew that. So Ty uh, had the labels. On the Beanie Babies, Cabbage Patch Kids, Cabbage Patch Kids were created by this guy Xavier or something. I can't think of it right now. But um, if he wasn't in Fish, you don't know his name. I don't know his name. <laughs> uh, yeah, they were in, invented by Trey Anastasio, <laughs> uh, and so you knew that you had a real Cabbage Patch Kid if his signature was on their butt, and so um, that was like the staple thing. Was like check the butt. Does it have the signature? Oh, were <laughs> you there... should see Sam's face right now. Well, okay. So the similarity there is that they had the TY tag, which is right. Turns out to be Ty's signature, right? But were there counterfeit Cabbage Patch? Yes. And I guess I, I, I'll jump around here. I don't think my parents got me a real Cabbage Patch kid. They were really expensive, or at least like for their time, they were, you know? Um, so my parents got me like a fake, you know, like a, a fake, uh, cabbage patch kit, mm-hmm. you know, and I loved it all the same. A garden square toddler. Um, <laughs> so here's just like some fast facts for you. Uh, Xavier Roberts like created it in like 1978 or something, but it got really popular in the early eighties and was like at one point owned by Hasbro. At one point was Mattel. Like it kind of moved all around, but like. As a kid, it was like you went to Toys R Us and you got these things, right? And it was like the Tickle Me Elmo of its time. It was, well, it was Tickle Me Elmo before Tickle Me Elmo, where it was the biggest fad. And all of the parents were lining up, you know, at four in the morning to get these fucking dolls for their kids. Was this like at Christmas time or was this at, a year round? At like, Christmas time. Yeah. Like, yeah, well, they probably, it was like the big new toy for right. Christmas, you know. There were like riots, like people fighting over these toys, which is just like so insane. The doll brand was one of the most popular toy fads of the 1980s. And one of the longest running, is one of the longest running doll franchises in the U.S., Right. Those are my fast facts. Right. Yeah. I mean, longest running. I mean, but there's like those like colonial dolls. Ew. Yeah. I'm not impressed with the fad's longevity. I want its top, you know? So first, I'm jumping all around here. So I'm the opposite of your nicely laid out outline. Um, but <laughs> She's mad at me. I am. <laughs> um, no. 
so when I was texting my friends today, I was like, did anyone have, you know, these dolls or whatever? Nicole's like, oh, yeah, I remember going to see her, her get born. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? What? <laughs> so to answer your question well, about my question being Walmart, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you were adopting. Now, most of the time you got them from Toys R Us or whatever, and you just took them off the shelf. Oh, my God. What? I'm just realizing. So where where did they come from? They come from a cabbage, cabbage patch. These kids are grown. Yes. What? I'm going to show you a video. What? <laughs> okay. So the theme of Beanie Babies is they're animals. The theme of Cabbage Patch is they're human plants. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to show you this video. What I just saw. <laughs> Was a a a cloth doll with a plastic head come through? Get birthed a Venus flytrap <laughs> cabbage cabbage patch sphincter. <laughs> it was naked, and you can only tell that because it's tanned colored, not because the baby has any genitals or no, and anything. and because the quote unquote fake nurse, which is the person working at the shop. Then puts, like, baby powder on its, like, parts, what would be its parts, and then puts a, like, fake diaper on it. Right. And then, and pats its butt like it's, like, a real baby. Right. It's so weird. And then, what happens after that? Then they have to sign some papers and take an oath. (laughs) Take an oath. Like, it's like you're adopting this child. This is so insane. I had no idea. So, the rigmarole reminds me a little bit of Build-A-Bear Workshop. Have you ever done a Build-A-Bear, Rachel? Um, I have not, but I have one. Yeah. Oh, okay. But you didn't you didn't it see gift. it being... It was a gift. Um, emulsified in <laughs> volcano fluid? Did or what it come it, out of the butt of, of a bear? <laughs> no. It's a workshop. It makes sense. Ooh. They make bears at a workshop. Um, no. It, yeah. Yeah. So it kind of reminds me of that, the whole rigmarole. But I love watching these old news things. Because it just shows you how the news hasn't changed, right? I mean, it was from 1983, what we just watched. Right. Oh, my God. Mine was from 97. Yours was from 83. They feel the same, and the same lessons are today, which they're like, do you think that Cabbage Patch Kids are psychologically damaging children? And it's just like, any toy, any toy, a local news will just say, but is it the end of the world for children? Yeah, you're right. It's like... It never has been and it never will be. No, it's just a fucking doll. It's a doll and you see it being born and yeah, it disturbs me. But a kid's just going to be like, okay. Yeah. You know, it's great. Yeah. It's so insane. So I had definitely forgotten that. I had no idea. I'm so glad I learned this. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. So they had names. Um, Nicole said that. I mean, Dana. No, Dana said that hers name. Hers was named something McGillicuddy. It was like. Jimmy McGillicuddy was the name of her baby. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was a gift. And she, like, wanted a girl one, but she got a boy one. And, like, his name was McGillicuddy. But she loved it. And, like, she had, like, seven of them, which is which was a lot. Whoa. She was, <laughs> she, she was very lucky. Very privileged. Yeah. I had one fake one. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so crazy. And I, I, for me, I just feel like the whole, like, Tickle Me Elmo Cabbage Patch Kid, run to the stores during Christmas craziness. Like, Mm -hmm. can you believe parents did that? I mean, my parents certainly didn't. They still do. It's so insane to me. And it makes so, it's so interesting, like, watching those old videos. Because I watched a video of, like, basically a riot. It was, like, all these moms at 4.30 in the morning in line outside this toy store, probably a Toys R Us, R.I.P., and they each get like a little piece of paper saying you get to buy one doll. Right. And it was one per customer. And this one woman's like, can I have two? And they're like, no, it's one per customer. And she's like, but I have two daughters. And they're like, no. And then after they get their piece of paper, the guy who runs the toy store is like, okay, all of the dolls are in the back in the warehouse behind the building. And then they all run for it. They all like make a run for it and run behind the building to make sure that they like get their pick first. Cause you know, Cabbage Patch Kids come in in different genders and different colors and different. Some have long hair, some have short hair. Like, so if your kid wants something specific, you know, but it was like 
so insane. So yeah. obviously you're just going to have to take what you can get. Yeah, you just got to hope that your kid doesn't have racial preferences, you know? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Knowing this country, especially in the oh 80s, my they God. did. They were racist, <laughs> for sure. Bunch of racist kids. Um, but yeah, the ki- and the hair was like yarn. Right, um, yeah. And you could like braid the yarn or whatever. Yeah. Um, it was just insane. I mean, I could see your mom actually doing that kind of stuff for you. Of course. My parents, I don't think they do that also because i don't think i don't know maybe i was was i that into toys but i don't know yeah i don't know yeah it's crazy i i read a disturbing story today in my beanie baby research about um someone who was trying to smuggle beanie babies with somebody else and their anus no like out the back door like one person was like a security oh boy Oh, boy. You set yourself up there, kid. This story ends with a person dying. <gasps> what? What happened? <laughs> there we go. Now I got you. Um, no, I just mean that uh, one person was a security guard and one person was uh, like in cahoots with them trying to smuggle out Beanie Babies outside of a Hallmark store. And things got a little heated and one of them shot the other one. Oh, my God. Yeah. So people this... do crazy things for the things they want and it's so silly. Obviously... Uh, it's not Cabbage Patch Kid's fault. It's not Beanie Baby's fault. People go crazy for these yeah. things. And the idea of not having something, the the fear of missing out or whatever, can right. be so powerful sometimes to people. And it, it, it is a little crazy to see like a group of people lose their minds. And it's just like the fact that, I don't know, for me it's like also the parent-child relationship. That like a parent feels like they have to do that because their child like either won't be pleased or... Or won't have a satisfying life or like whatever. I don't know. I just feel like I, I, I gotta say what up represent to my parents because they, I, I was never very materialistic. I'm still not very materialistic. And that is because that is something that they instilled in me. Yeah. You know, it was never like, I have to have the toy of the lifetime. I don't know. I just, I would just play imaginary and like, I don't know. Go swimming. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, so yeah, there were also, there were lawsuits over similar toys that were copied. Right. They were basically just like dolls with birth certificates and round faces. Obviously, I had one of those and you knew that they were fake because they didn't have the butt signature. Right. And they had life in their eyes. <laughs> they had life in their eyes. And their parents loved them. Uh, and it's funny because I remember them being really expensive. And then I was watching this video today of like these people buying the the dolls and I guess, like, for retail price, they were $21, which this was a doll, and this is in 1983, so that is super That's expensive. probably at least $40, right? And then, because they were so rare, people were doing sneaky shit where they were like, well, if you pay me $40, I'll do this. Or, you know, people, so people were paying between $40 and $50 for these in 1983, which yeah. is just so much freaking money. A couple memories for me. So I had this one doll. I wish I could remember the name, uh, but I don't. But I do remember, I think I got it for Hanukkah. I remember opening it in my kitchen, like with my parents uh, and my brother. And it's, you know, the same kitchen that you've been to many, many times today. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of cool that you can envision that. Yes. So we can bridge our generation gap. And I don't know, like, I guess I wasn't as into... The idea of like dolls and like taking care of babies as a toy, like other little girls were maybe, I don't know, or little kids were, don't want to gender that, but like, yeah, because the whole thing is like, you're supposed to like feed it a bottle and like blah, 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 blah. However, I will say I did love my Cabbage Patch Kid that I had. Do you remember its name? No. (laughs) No. I'm a bad mom. What? I don't. I don't remember. You don't remember your childhood toy's name? No. And I don't have 150 Beanie Babies. And I remember all their names. I mean, that's the difference between you and I. My materialism showed me how to care. <laughs> um, but I will say uh, my, my, my strongest memory, for whatever reason, with this toy is um, when I was in Long Island visiting my grandparents, for some reason... Their friend, like Jerry Schwartzberg, uh, was like, 
watching Ben and I for a little while and he was like, I'll take you to I'll take you to Toys R Us and like you can get whatever toy you want. And we were like, okay. And so we went to Toys R Us and he was like, pick a toy. And we were like, really? And I picked a really I picked like this accessory for my Cabbage Patch Kid. And it was like kind of like a stroller or something for the Cabbage Patch Kid. It was like, you know those things they put babies in where it's like um one leg goes in each hole and then they can walk and like move yeah. around one of those things for my cabbage patch kid, which was a really expensive gift. And he probably was like, well, not any gift, but he bought it for me, which was like insane. Whoa. I don't know what my brother got. Probably something Star Wars related. <laughs> uh, and yeah, and then we left Toys R Us. And that's like, and then I had that like, that was like the biggest, most toy-like toy yeah. I had, I feel like. Right, because somebody else Because somebody else got it for me, not my parents, yeah. I did a little quick inflation calculator here. Ooh. You said $21. And it was I, retail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That equivalent is equivalent to $54.88 today. Wow. And, like I said, some people were buying them for 40 or $50. Right. So, like, that's insane. Right, that's insane. You know, I do think you mentioned it before, so we gotta quickly chat about it. Garbage pail kids. Yeah. So garbage pail kids are awesome. <laughs> and they were basically just like I think they were like satire. You know, like they were like making fun of garbage right. of, of cabbage patch kids. Yeah. And they were trading cards. So it is kind of interesting because it was like a collectum right. thing. And I did have a ton of them. Yeah. And the whole thing was like they were gross looking or like they always had like a deformity or an abnormality or like a bad fate, you know, and then like a funny like pun name. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I wanted to look up just a couple um, garbage pill kid names um, that I have here. So we've got Holly Wood. Yeah, I remember that one. And it's like like she's made of wood and there's like a saw going through her. But actually, here's the crazy thing. I saw this same Garbage Pail Kid a couple hours ago when I was looking online, and it was named Woody Allen. And I think they changed it because Woody Allen's a fucking psychopath uh, child molester. Sure, but they didn't change it. Oh, wait a minute. No, it's here. There's three. Look, there's three. They're all Hollywood, Oak K, and Woody Alan. Whoa, we're just getting to the bottom of this. You guys have been sold a lie. Garbage Pail Kids reused the same art with different puns. What is up with that? I don't... I guess these were like series. These were like sets. Yeah. Um, all right, so we've got Armpit Brit. <laughs> She's just got yarn armpit wow, hairs because wow. it's like those yarn. We've got Flat Tyler... He's like under the tire yeah, of a car. Fat Tyler, yeah. Um, we've got sloshed Josh. He's inside a drink. He's in a bottle. Um, those aren't as grotesque as I would have liked. You know, I remember them being like crude as a well, kid. Well, like these but pictures now... were very disturbing. I mean, this picture guess, here. Yeah. This is like called secondhand Rose, and she's like all taped she's like a a can and rope and like one of her legs is a plunger it's fine and like you know like but she looks pretty scary for kids like she's got like a black eye and like bandages on her face i mean it's kind of creepy there was a similar uh thing they had for a while meanie babies for real yeah they were like parody beanie babies but they were nowhere near to the success of garbage pail kids yeah it didn't seem worth mentioning but since we spent some time on it, there was an equivalent for Beanie Babies. Um, before we go, um, I wanted to show you a couple of the photos that I got from people because you wanted to see them, right? Yeah, of course. So we've got here's Matt Fisher with his Beanie Baby. Now, there were two, I mean, not Beanie Baby, Cabbage Patch Kids. There were two kinds. There was the fabric kind that was soft, like that one. Mm-hmm. How cute is oh that? Oh my gosh. Face? How old is Matt here? So, so, so young and plump. Yeah. So he looks cute. even plumper than that cabbage patch <laughs> devil. So some of them were like fabric, yeah, and some of them were um like hard plastic. Yeah, I definitely prefer the fabric ones. I didn't even know about those. I just thought they were all hard plastic. And then here's Brom with her nephew 
and a Cabbage Patch Kid because her nephew looks exactly like a Cabbage oh Patch Kid. Oh my god. <laughs> That's insane. They're even wearing the same thing. No, this is crazy. There is a kid that, out there that looks just like a cabbage patch kid. We gotta put these on the on the Facebook page for yeah, people yeah. to check out. Yeah, for real. So They'll be good. on the Facebook page. That's a great idea. Yeah, she even has. Um, this is my friend Brom. She has Ag- Aggie Gracie was born on September first. She still has the adoption papers, and it's signed by Xavier Roberts, and then. The, there it is with her yarn oh, wow. dreads and here's a creepy ass picture of all the baby heads inside the cabbages oh my goodness i had now, where no is idea about the, this cabbage thing where where is the cabbage patch is well, it a spot in in toys r us or is it i feel like that similar to like the um i don't know but i think like they had headquarter areas right just like the right. build-a-bear right. shop kind of thing um, where it's like maybe like Hasbro set up like a it's a Hasbro kid toy? thing. Well, it changed ownership over sure. the years, but Hasbro I think was like in the early eighties. Interesting. So crazy, but I couldn't believe. Uh, and hopefully we'll be getting other uh, other info from other people on on their relationship with their cabbage patch. Kids. Yeah, so keep an eye on the Facebook page because we'll we'll share everyone's stories and we can have a whole cabbage patch conversation, beanie baby conversation. We can have Facebook. a whole patch. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. You know, a whole patch. Like a pumpkin like, patch. Is that like a bunch of conversation? Yeah. <laughs> it's like you a call a bunch of conversation a patch? Well, it's, it's a menagerie, you know. <laughs> it's a collection. Oh, yeah. About collection. Oh, no. <laughs> no, this was what I was interested in. Because, like, with Cabbage Patch Kids, it doesn't seem like you have to have them all. You just had to get one. Cabbage you just had to kids. satisfy your kid with one. Yeah, but it was even hard to do that. But I do think that kids. I mean, obviously, I'm not the authority on this. I'm sure some kids love topic. But like Dana had like six or seven of them. Right. I think a lot of kids had a bunch of them, and they named them all, and they all had like you know, and you could you know, it's just fucking toys and money. Like they all had accessories, and like Beanie Babies, maybe you know, they had all those clothes made for them. They bought separately. That's off. That's off market. Not canon. Where'd you get them? Like, yes, somebody made them, not the company. Oh, I see. Well, I don't know. I just know that, like, you know, there's all these random accessories you could buy for them. Yeah, not Um, that Beanie Babies weren't a money grab. They were, but just not in that accessory way. More of a collect, like, just have them all kind of a thing. Uh, Well, we did it. Maybe maybe this has taught us why we don't have children. Well, that was that, right? I mean, there we go. We heard about Cabbage Patch Kids. We heard about Beanie Babies. And I definitely feel like we have bridged a hell of a gap. Yeah. And I feel like, as always, we find this, like, symbiotic, like, connection between the two things, regardless of if we thought it was there in the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. It was fun to see, like, how the things are are similar, which is a lot of ways, Mm -hmm. and how they are different, like... Being birthed from a cabbage patch, <laughs> you know, so weird. It, it it is weird, but I, I'm I'm very glad that you uh, shared that with me, Rachel. I do I do feel closer to you. Good. Yeah. yeah, I guess there's only one thing for us left to do. What's that? The, the hat, hat of time. 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 It sound effect. Good job. Yeah, she's getting worried about that review. All right. Let's, before we go, uh, we are going to dip into the hat of time. Time, 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 time. In the hat of time. Time, time, time. Very well done, Denise. Denise. Wow, wow. really nailed it. Really good job. All right, guys. There are a period of years, generally around 1996 to 2006 or 2008. And when Sam and I talk about those, anything that happened in those years, it's generally a little bit icky. Yeah, yeah. But it's kind of fun. So we have a bunch of different events and a bunch of different uh, interesting, you know, pop culture moments in this hat that we call the hat of time. We're going to pick two out and see what it means to the other person. All right. Sam? I will reach my hand into this hat. Whoa. Hold on. Oh, man. You can feel that the world used to be a couple degrees colder back in the past. 
And let me just reach out. Is that whoa? Here we go. What does it say on this very real piece of paper? Let's see. It says the 2000 election. Oh shit! I thought it'd be fun to talk about the 2000 election where we were in those at that time. I can't believe that's the one you picked out. I know it's that's so, so weird. It's the hat. It should be called the hat of fate. The hat. The hat of fate. But that is so weird. Yeah. So Rachel. Give me a little thing. Where were you in the year 2000? Okay. Bush v. Gore. Yeah. An election that went on for a long time. Yeah. So in 2000, I was a junior. Uh, actually, in the beginning of 2000. So November 2000, I was a senior in college. Mm-hmm. And I was nine. And you were nine. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, my boyfriend at the time was a political. Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> Was not 11. <laughs> My college boyfriend was a pol- like a politics major. So he was oh. like super into this kind of stuff. Um, and whereas I was like, you know, a confused hippie. by why they can't figure out who the president is. Well, no, it was just like, well, that following was was interesting. But what my me- my main memory of this was that we went to his professor's house to watch the election on television with all the other like politics majors. So I was watching it with a bunch of nerds uh, who were just nerding out hardcore. And yeah, it was a really weird experience where we were like, wait a minute, we don't know. Like what is happening? Uh, And we didn't know for a while. Um, But my main memory was literally just sitting on the floor in front of the TV at this professor's apartment or house because it's pretty rare to go to a professor's house <laughs> like yeah. I don't know how many professor's houses you've been to but I went to two and they were both my boyfriend in college is like politics prof- different politics professors would like invite us over for whatever reason but yeah that's my memory and well let's see so in 2000 you were nine nine yeah so what do you remember well i remember i was also in school i was in fourth grade (laughs) and my fourth grade teacher mr brotherton gave us one homework assignment and that was to know who the president was for the next day oh that's right (laughs) that was our homework assignment was just when you come in tomorrow morning just you know Know who the president or who was going to be the president, who the president elect. And you were like, I can do this. Like, I'm not a great school kid. I'm not great at school. I I don't watch homework, but I can do this. (laughs) (laughs) So I like laid down on the living room floor, was watching the election for the first. This is the first election I can remember is the 2000 election. And I'm like staying up and staying up and it's still not called. And I don't understand how weird this is. I thought that was like part of the challenge was like, hey, you got to stay up until you know who the president is. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize that usually you just kind of know who the president is before the West Coast even counts their votes. Yeah. Anyway, um, not that that happened this time around either. But, Still waiting. Well, yeah. Well, people know now that the president is, of course. Joe Biden. Okay, so... <laughs> I figured later when I edit this, I'll add in the name of the president. <laughs> I was like, what is happening right now? Oh, yeah. Okay, got it. Hopefully it won't be Trump. Oh, so I had to know who the president was, and I just stayed up as late as I could, and my parents were like, you have to go to bed, Sam? I'm like, I have to know. I have to do my homework. And so I stayed up for 31 days. No. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how long it took? It took forever, yeah. I feel like it, it was like approaching Christmas or something, and we didn't know. Yeah, it was crazy. And like, that was the hanging Chad? Yeah, no. Yep, yeah. Yep. Florida. Yeah. And then one of the candidates' brothers is the governor of Florida. Yeah. And then it was decided in a Florida court. It's just a little crazy. The whole thing, like, when I kind of see myself now and I'm, you know, so cynical and jaded now mm-hmm. that I, like, think about, like, well, yeah, well, this was my first presidential election was, like, one of the craziest ones that could have ever been. So. Yeah. That that I was so young for that very impressionable election. Wow, yeah. yeah. That is so funny. Yeah. So did you get an F in your homework? Yes. <laughs> Mr. Brotherton failed me. <laughs> failed the whole class. We had to repeat fourth grade. All right. All right. You... Shall I dip my hand in? If you dare. 
If I dare. Careful, it's racist back then. <laughs> it still is. <laughs> All right, here we go. Digging my hand around. All right. Well, that's a big one. <laughs> You're not going to believe this. No. Did you draw the same one? No, but very similar. 2008 Barack Obama election. What? Okay, yeah. Okay. Well, the hat of fate has spoken. Yeah, the hat of fate has spoken. Well, to be fair, we don't have that many in there anymore. We need to write some new ones down. Yeah, um, very but real. There we go. Let me put this down. All right, so. I was a senior in high school, and I have a late birthday, so I was not allowed to vote in this. My first election I was allowed to vote would be 2012. But I was really rooting for Barack Obama. I remember um, during... By the way, sorry to interrupt. That's interesting you said that because I don't know if I even voted in the 2000 election. Like, I was in college, but I don't remember voting in Ithaca. Yeah, so I I couldn't vote, but I was I was very invested in the Obama, you know, primary. My I remember I was working... I was like, I had like a side job with my dad at the pool. My dad was a big uh, swim coach, so I was like his like assistant like swim teacher for like kids it was like teaching kids how to swim but i was mainly just like the guy that was like they're like supporting kids so that when they're like doing their floats they don't drown (laughs) so i was just doing that but i remember specifically getting out of the pool and it was february because it's primary season february march right and we'd uh i'd have to run to my dad's car and it would be so cold out and i would be wet (laughs) And I'd just be shivering, and then he'd turn on the car, and he had his, like, really liberal radio thing, and we'd just listen to, like, the primary coverage of whether Clinton or Obama was going to get the... Oh, during the primary, yeah, yeah, During the primary, or was going to get the nomination, and I was very much on the Obama team, and then I felt like, um, yeah, I just felt like the Obama era just was like erasing the Bush era, which I'm sure we'll get into at some point, but it is, like, my sticking point, so I thought I would just have... The Bush. whole world was a different world at that time. And it was it was a big, great moment. Yeah. It, it was, I think, one of the last like moments of hope that we've had with our government, I think. Yeah. But um, that's another story. Uh, well, I have a really fun connection to this election, actually. Yeah. Which was in 2008, I was, what was I, 29? How old were you? 17. Yeah. So I was 29 and I was in, I was going to Asia to travel with Matt Tucker for two months. And I've probably told you this story before, actually. Um, so we were traveling in Asia for a, a while and we left in the end of September, maybe uh, beginning of October. And we came back, you know, we were there for full two months at least. So we voted absentee. But we're traveling through Asia. So we went to Japan, China, Thailand, Vietnam, Hong Kong, um, Shanghai. And uh, everywhere we go, everyone is like, like we get into a taxi cab in Thailand and everyone's like, Obama? Like, are you voting for Obama? And we'd be like, Obama. And we'd be like, yeah. Like everyone in Asia seemed really stoked on Obama too. And one of the funniest things was this was Right after it was revealed that Palin was like gonna be the VP pick for, uh, like, when we first mm. got to Asia, literally like that week, it was like Palin had come out with her lipstick story mm. on a pig or whatever, and then like two weeks later, she we revealed how stupid she was, and then everyone was making fun of her, and then like that tanked McCain's whole campaign. Are you not remembering that? Is no, that am I, I wrong? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know if it tanked the campaign. Well, at I least, feel like Obama was just people liked Obama. A lot. Yes, but like, like McCain, Palin people like really like no one had heard of her, and then she came out as like being like a total idiot, which back then meant something. Yeah. I I remember we got to Japan. Uh, Japan was our first stop, and we was all fucked up from the time change that we were just like up really late, and Saturday Night Live had aired. And so Tucker and I watched the episode where yeah. Tina Fey yeah. was playing Sarah Palin. And we watched that. Uh, and Amy Poehler was playing... Um, Hillary Clinton. No, not Hillary. Was it Hillary Clinton or was she playing the interviewer? The, oh, right. Um, you're right. You're right. But anyway, it was just like... Katie. 
Yeah. Katie. Katie Kirk? Kirk. Was it? Yeah. Katie Kirk. Um, Anyway, we were just like loving it. We thought it was so funny. And when the election actually results actually came in and we found out that Obama won, it was the morning for us because of the time difference. Uh, We were in uh, Chiang Mai, Thailand, and we're staying in a hotel, uh, a hostel, and Wendy at that point was with me. And, and that whatever we went out and we partied with all these like Americans who were like in the country and um, we all went to this bar and just like celebrated and it was just like so weird to be in a foreign country during such an iconic American moment but it was so cool to like be there and yeah it was yeah, very cool that's great and it was so funny too because so many like again cab drivers like bartenders whatever would go like are you Obama or Palin? And we'd be like, Obama, but it's not Palin. It's McCain. <laughs> Everyone was saying that. They were right. all like, Palin or Obama? And we're like, right. it's not. Palin is not running for president. I mean, it just goes to show you how much the media like loves somebody. Someone that, goofy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Someone who's a little bit of a doof. Right. Yeah, because uh, yeah, Katie Kirk had said like, what newspapers do you read? And she was like. Just, you know, all of them, Just, you know, from all, you know, all the ones, yeah. that, you know, anyway. So, yeah. Yeah, that's great. And that was The, the Hat, Hat of Time. All right, you guys, thank you so much for joining us on Sam and Rachel's Generation Gap. It has been an honor talking to you about collecting dolls in the 80s and 90s. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening. I am Rachel. And I am Sam. Please like and subscribe and tell your friends. And we'll see you next week on The Generation Gap.